listening back there this morning, I was um, reminded again that probably the children among us have a better understanding of what God desires than some of us adults. As the offering bag was being passed around, uh, Minnie passed it to little Joel, and little Joel, among all the fancy cars that he had, he picked up the most fanciest and he wanted to put it into the bag. And I was standing back there and I was saying, go Joel, put it in. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. You know, somehow we adults have lost it. We somehow think, you know, putting our hands in our back pocket and coming out with whatever little bit things that we find out there and uh, how big it is doesn't matter. Guys, let's get it clear. God is interested in me. He wants me. Not what I have. Not what I have. Not what I have. Sometimes I feel that this offering bag that we pass around is far too small. I wish I could pass one of those big garbage-sized bags, you know, those black ones, uh, XL, XL, a super XL size. And might be once in a while, if we did pass one of those around, might be one of us would be inspired from worshipping God to saying, here am I, Lord, take me and put ourselves into that bag. Because anything less than that in terms of giving to God is a slap in his face. I grew up in a Hindu family. The first time I read the Bible was about when I was about 20 years old. And as I read, one of the questions I asked myself was this. In what way is the God of the Bible different from the gods that I have been worshipping all these years? And so began a year-long journey of reading and comparing and uh, critically analyzing. And as I did that, and again I was reminded about this morning... There is, there's lots of, there's lots of differences. There's lots of uh, amazing differences. But there is one which is at the very core of who the God of the Bible is. Every other small g God, because I believe there's only one God. I do not know what you believe. Okay, there are no other gods. There's just pieces of stones and pieces of whatever uh, that people are under the illusion that they are God. But there is only one God. There's only one God. Okay, so when you talk about other gods, you need to be really careful how you're saying it and what you're saying it because I don't think that this God likes being compared to any other gods because there are no other gods. Okay, and so there is this fundamental difference which is the very foundation of the God of the Bible. In every other God, it is God expecting man to rise up to where he is. Hallelujah. What a savior we have. He came down to where I was. Such a worm as I. He came down. Which is why, even to this day, a lot of people on pilgrimages and all, just about every temple that you can think of, is up on a hill. You've got to prove yourself. In fact, there is one about halfway to Hassan, about 80, 90 odd kilometers from here, where the whole mountain is God. And so you got to leave your slippers down there as you climb up. And you, you know, it's like super hot. Okay, your legs burn. So people are there selling bottles of water all along the way. And you know, they give you, because you cannot, you know, it's God. So you've got to leave your slippers behind. So you're kind of pouring water. And by the time you're up there, you finish, I don't know, how many bottles of water. And in spite of that, your feet still get burnt. This is Shauna Belagola. Okay. Uh, Bahubali, a famous, uh, one of the famous Indian kings uh, who's go- who went uh, towards Jainism. He's more of a Jain king than a Hindu king. Um, and uh, it's fascinating to read about all of them. But here is this beauty. 
is there anything that man that anything that you and i could do to go to where god was but this morning we worship a god who says listen mohan there is no way there is just no way you could have come up to where i was i had to and he did and that's why we are here this morning now as much as i would love to grapple with all of this and keep going this uh, direction this morning i am constrained with some of my own preparation so uh, i'm going to come back and uh, uh, ask you a couple of questions uh, now before i ask you this questions I, i'm told from very reliable so- sources that charlie joseph uh, would probably not benefit too much from this morning's meditation so uh, might be instead of asking him to leave we could just uh, pray for his uh, redemption uh, might be even his salvation this morning so if he tries to walk out where is charlie where is he okay hey guys around him uh, make sure that he doesn't run away okay here is my first question there are two questions and one one passage that we would that i would like to dwell that all all of us to dwell in this morning and my first question is this how would you define marriage wow i wish i wish there was a video camera here just just recording all the different uh, not one multiple multiple video cameras here how would you define marriage and this is not just for the married ones okay now as much as and, and my second question my second question is this one what is god's design in marriage and I'm, and there's a reason why i'm using those particular words what is god's design in marriage now as much as i would like to just straight away jump into question 2 and and you know get going with it that's where that's where i would like to be uh but i think that many a time we make that mistake without understanding and believe me being in the ministry for 27 years the the one thing that i deal with more than anything else is dysfunctional families all the time week in week out day in day out not a week passes by without one new uh, email or sms or phone call or something where there's an emergency and in fact i'm rushing to one uh, tonight uh, tomorrow and day after i'm un- with another marriage that's a christian marriage that's breaking up uh, not breaking up it's broken up it broke up a long time ago so here is the one how would you define marriage some of you heard me say this before ma- getting married i didn't have patience but now i have all the patience in the world how would you define marriage what does marriage mean to you i can understand the married ones keeping quiet but uh, they probably don't have much to say gone i wish i was there and somebody is asking me this question i would give you 10 definitions in 10 seconds none sorry two becoming one fantastic and it's an amazing mystery isn't it it's an amazing mystery how these two become one it's something mystical it's something we cannot understand and yet god says the two shall become one great yes oh my word okay let's go for a challenge 
It's designed by God. Wow. Okay. Profound. How else? Any other? Sorry? Too imperfect. Did you realize that before or after? <laughs> oh, you realize? Too imperfect people. Wow, amazing, isn't it? How else would you define marriage? Sorry? Covenant. covenant, okay. It's a covenant. Covenant made by God, which uh, is not to be broken. Wow, okay. It's just not a promise. It's just not a commitment. It's just not, you know, saying, you know, I marry you. It's in something much, much bigger than that happening here, isn't it? It's a covenant. There's something just about that very, the ring of that very word, covenant itself, you know, which makes you, which tells you that there is something more to this. Great. A relationship. Love. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, hopefully we'll come, if I do get there, we'll, we'll get to it. There's lots on my plate this morning. Okay, for me, for me, as I prepared, and believe me, I had to prepare. I was 39. All my friends had given up on me. So, Charlie, you still have hope. Okay? Uh, and just about everybody who knew me said that Mon is never going to get married. Uh, they didn't have a clue as to what was happening in my life. Uh, I was petrified. I was scared. I was running in the other direction. Um, you know, and I would not talk about a lot of these things to anybody. Okay? And uh, somehow, everything about marriage and everything after that uh, would cripple my thinking. You mean I'm not loud enough? You can't, you can't hear me. Okay, sorry. Okay. This one? top heavy like a lot of us okay for me the key operational word as I prepared was this one word called dying to self as I looked at everything that you know the scriptures that I was reading some older brother or a sister or uh, someone else would write to me, talk to me, uh, as I went through my very long engagement, uh, was this word that kept coming up back again and again. Uh, this is all about dying to self. So much so that uh, my, uh, for, a, for a wedding, uh, I actually designed um, 
I designed a noose. And uh, so some of you gave rings, some of you gave something else. Uh, my wife and I, we gave each other a noose. And um, uh, I put this one around her neck. This is a hangman's noose, by the way. Okay? Uh, you, all, you, you, know, you put it down and you know, the, if there's weight on it, it, it pulls you down and uh, you, you choke and you die. Okay? And so we actually gave each other this and, and I took a long time to design mine. This is not the one. This looks something like this. Um, for the simple reason that I wanted to tell Janice that every time Little did I realize that she was going to really take it seriously, okay? Uh, but knowing Janice, I should have uh, known. So I said, I hereby give you the right that every time I am not willing to die to myself, you can come and show me one of these. I said, you can dangle it in front of me. And so literally, we gave each other the permission to say, go hang yourself. Marriage, Christian marriage more than anything else, is dying to self. And may I dare say that if you're not willing to die, don't get married. On the other hand, for some of you who are not yet married, and uh, you know, if you want to learn the most efficient way to have a slow, torturous death, get married. <laughs> you see, God is doing an amazing work in my life, and the finest tool that He has in His armory. He has lots of tools. He's a master at this. He knows exactly where you are and he knows exactly the struggles that you're going through and he has this one master tool called marriage that he uses to conform you and, to, and me to the very image of his most beloved, of his only begotten. You and I might look at ourselves and say, no, 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 you know, you know, there's nothing good in me. You know, uh, I, I, there's no way. I, I, I'm far away from all of this. But not God. Not, not your father. Your father looks at you and he says that the most noblest, the most highest desire that I have for you as a father is that you look at my son. And whether you like it or not, if you all allow me to, I will get you there. That's his desire. So let's look at uh, one portion of scripture and see what this means. Uh, uh, you know, a, a definition of marriage. Okay, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and uh, I'm going to read four verses from chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. And as you read those verses, just look at some of the numbers that are being thrown around there. It's very interesting. Could I ask someone else to read? I forgot to bring my glasses so I can't see it there. Uh, verses 9 to 12. Can you see those four verses there? There's a lot of mention of one. If one does this, you know, there's a lot of things that he goes through. But if there are two, there is some prediction. And some, just right at the very end of it, you know, Solomon changes track and he kind of sneaks something in very quickly and he just leaves it there. Can you see what that is? 
A card of three strands. By the way, this is a card of three strands. Okay, and I'll, I'll pass it around if you want to see it. Okay, a card of three strands is not easily broken. That's Solomon's definition of marriage. What is this card of three strands? Why a card of three strands? Why not two? Why not four? Why not five? For that matter, why not any number? Why three? Sorry? It's, it's, it's okay, it denotes strength, but why? Would it not make sense that uh, four would denote more strength than three and you know, a hundred million would denote more strength than three? A triangle? Okay? But there's not a triangle. A chord of three strands is not a triangle. You're right. But what about a chord of three strands is what God wants us to understand through the wisest man who ever lived. Sorry? The Trinity, okay? Now, NASA. I don't know why NASA gets into things like this, but uh, I guess they don't know what to do with their money. Uh, so they get into all these kind of situations. So NASA uh, wanted to know what is the strongest ever uh, cord and, or cable or, you know, that, that could be manufactured by man. And so they did a whole lot of experiments and I don't know how many millions of dollars. But at the end of it, they concluded uh, this. That the, the strength is maximum when it is of three strands. Look at the cross section. That would be the cross section of a three strand cord or a three strand cable. What is unique about three strands? Can you see that? Now, if I did add a fourth one or a fifth one or a sixth one or a seventh one or an eighth one, does it add any strength to the core? It doesn't. We could have saved them a few million dollars. The Bible says it. God's word is true. And that's what they concluded. Now, so, if you do want to increase the strength, you can come up with three three-stranded cords and put them together. So you got nine, but still basically the core unit, the basic unit, the, you know, is still a three-stranded cord. So you can, this is a three-stranded cord. So you can have put three of them but then that's one unit then. Again, it's still a three-stranded cord. Because this is one unit now. Right? And Solomon is saying that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. What is he referring to now? By the way, this, is, this passage is good for any relationship. And of course, the highest, the most noblest relationship that we can have on this side of eternity um, is one called marriage. But the principles therein are applicable to any relationship. So between you and me, I need to have a third strand which is going to strengthen us. And if that third strand is not there, it's not strong. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be issues. So what is this third strand referring to? Can you start seeing that? Somebody once said, Getting married is easy. Anybody can do that.
staying married is difficult. And sure, in today's world, it is a huge challenge. And many of us know there are so many marriages around us that are going through difficulties. To be happily, joyfully married is a lot of hard work. And God is saying, because there is a lot of hard work to be done, you cannot do it alone. Because there is a lot of hard work to be done, you need me. Marriage as it is, is difficult without God and why do you want to go there? Why do you want to go there? My parents' marriage is a perfect example. They should have got divorced the day after their marriage. They probably should never have got married. I see that. It's painful for me to see it. Many people have been hurt. Not just within my family, outside my family as well. My immediate family. Marriage without God is impossible. Even with God, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. It's a lot of hard work. But there is hope. And God wants to remind us. He's saying that Mohan, with all the challenges that are there, make sure you come to me first. And I need to get it into my system. That for me to have the most wholesome, joyful relationship with this person that I'm married to, the person I need to go to as often as I can is not you. As wise as you might be. As experienced as you might be. Not someone else, but God himself. And you see, that, that core unit, and, and so I need to do that. I need to go back to him again and again and again. That's God's definition of marriage. What does being together in close proximity mean to you? Go on. Time? You know, many years ago I was at a, at a teacher training workshop and there's this teacher who asked me, she said, uh, how do children spell love? Sorry, time. No, no, love. Was it? No, how do children spell love? I, I'm getting it all wrong now. How do children spell? And then I'm saying, what is she asking? And she said, T-I-M-E. Okay. My wife, at least once a week, she reminds me, she said, listen, sweetheart, I would rather you spend time with me instead of telling me you love me. And she says, yeah, I know all that. But are you willing to sit down, hold my hand, look into my eyes, and just one-on-one talk to me without anything else, just about me? Time. Can you see how God desires a husband and wife to go to him? Right? Is there any shortcut to spending time with him? Any shortcut? How many of you husbands here, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, that will be too much humiliation, but how many of you husbands this morning spend time with God and then led your family in devotions? I know it's Sunday. I know you're going to come here. But how many of you did that? How many of you who have children and you know the little ones saw mommy and daddy together? You know, this very small core unit that is there. How many of your children often see mommy and daddy coming together intimately with God? And so if that time is not happening there, if you, know, if, if you take that out, it's only a two-stranded cord. It's only a two-stranded cord. 
It's not me who, you know, it's there in the Bible. It says that the best is three. How long do you think you can go on on two strands? Here, you can try this experiment. I was actually looking around, uh, you know, trying to go around and see if I could find as many of these as possible to pass it around. But sadly, I don't know why, uh, there are not too many three-stranded cords around. Uh, I found some nylon ones, but I, I, I'm not a nylon fan. I'm a cotton fan. Uh, so, so I did not pick up the nylon ones. Okay, so, okay, let's come back again. So what else does, does you know, that three strands mean to you? By the way, as I said, for some of you unmarried ones, okay, this is, and, and for all of us, okay, this is applicable for every relationship. So when I look at one of you, what is the common, common thread that should be there between both of us? So if a conversation between me and you is, does not have God in it, it's not edifying. It's not beneficial. It's not profitable. So why waste your time? Why waste your time? For me, any conversation without God is a waste of my time. It's a waste of that person's time. And more importantly, it's a waste of God's time. God is saying, listen, this is the very basis of all relationships. That it's three cards. It's three cards. Okay, time, what else would it mean to you? Sorry? Oneness? Oneness? Unity? Okay. But what do you need to do that would, that the result of which would be oneness and unity? Love? Now again, you know, we use that word so often. Isn't there a big, big, big gulf between the standards of love in this book that you hold and love the way you and I talk about it? I'm not even referring to the outside world. They are far removed. They are on a different planet. But how about your definition of love? Is your definition of love this definition of love? For example, there's one amazing definition of love that's given there. And this is love that Christ Jesus died for you. And you are to die. Wow. So it's great. It's great to worship this God. You know, and say, you know, God, thank you. And, you know, here and, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I love you and all of that. But he wants to know whether your love is like his love. And he says, my love, the definition, the standard of my love is this, that you ought to die for your brother, for your sister, for someone else. And if you can do that, then you're saying, yeah, I've arrived. You know, this is the definition of love. Marriage, again, is a place where my love is most challenged. I know I should die, but it's so difficult, and I don't want to die. That's where the problem comes up, isn't it? I can only withdraw what I have put in. That's true of any relationship, but even more so in marriage. I can only withdraw what I have put in. The problem is, I always try to take more than what I've invested. That's not possible. It doesn't work that way. You cannot. You cannot. Listen to this very carefully. To the extent, and only to the extent, that you are in a wholesome relationship with your father, to that extent alone can you have a wholesome relationship with someone else. 
So if this is the extent of your relationship, if you want to define it just by, you know, this height here. Okay? You cannot have a higher relationship than this with someone else. It will be equal to this or less than this. And so it all comes down to the same thing about the three-corded strand. Is he a part of what is happening in my life? I'm going to make a statement. I, I wish I had the time to go into that, but I would still nevertheless like to make it even though I'm not going to get there. Marriage has got more to do with what God is doing in your life than the person you're married to. So much so that I say marriage has got nothing to do with the person that you're married to. Because it's the focus, it's all about what he is doing in my life. It's not about her. It's not about him. It's all about what God is doing in whose life. But you see, you and I are so caught up in looking at this person around us or the person that we are married to and we lose sight. And God says, no, 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 no. Marriage is all about what I am doing and I'm doing an amazing work in your life and I'm using this tool called marriage. And so Mohan, I want you to understand this. It's a three-stranded card. I'm going to just uh, stop there. We'll read the scripture again, but I would like to leave this question, uh, the second one, which we'll leave it at for a later time, uh, just so that you start thinking about it. What is God's design in marriage? One, I need to understand what marriage is all about, but once I do get married, once I am married, what is he do trying to do? Why does he want me to get married? Was it an accident? Was it a mistake? Or did, does God have a special plan and purpose? Does God do, does he do, does he, does he do anything without a very specific plan? Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, thank you for reminding us that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Thank you for reminding me that without you, I am nothing. I can do nothing and I am nothing. Lord, I pray that as each one of us goes out from here, you would deal with us. You would show us the truth of what you say. Help, Lord, help us, Lord, help each one of us to come to you. And very simply ask you for your help in all the things that are happening in my life. We pray for the relationships that we are in with our brothers and sisters, Lord, where there is strain, where there are struggles, where there are challenges. Father, we pray that we would bring you into that relationship. And then, Father, we think of the most holiest relationship on this side of eternity, the person that we are married to. We want to thank you for this person. We thank you, Lord, that you brought this person into my life Purely because you're doing an amazing thing in my life. And your desire is to conform me to the very image of your son. Father, I pray that that realization, that truth would grip me. Lord, that as I read scripture, you would show me each day that I need to die to myself. Die to all the things that I want, that I desire. And so, Father, we pray for one another. We pray for, Lord... Among us and among our friends and families, Lord, who are having difficult marriages, Father, we pray for them. We ask, Lord, that somehow divinely you would lift all of us up. 
you would help us to nurture one another lord not to condemn not to criticize not to judge not to pontificate but lord to come alongside and walk with this person just like you do with me help us lord <coughs> we commit ourselves into your care once again thank you for the privilege of worshiping you this morning thank you lord for reminding us that you came to where i was and you didn't expect me to come to where you were help us lord as we go now in jesus name we give you thanks amen